Okay, I know you didn't plan for your life to look like this. Neither did I. And I know it feels like you've lost so much. But I keep hearing God whisper, I am right here. And there is more. I'm Michelle Donnelly, and this is the Christian Single Moms Podcast. Let's talk about loneliness for a second. It's something that all single moms have to deal with, but one of the reasons it's so frustrating is that it is not a one-size-fits-all kind of a thing. Your experience with loneliness is going to be totally different than mine, and oddly enough, being in a relationship usually doesn't fix it. To learn more about the roots of your own experience with loneliness and what those roots are telling you that you really need, take our What's Your Loneliness Type quiz over at plusoneparents.org. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you were just completely misunderstood? Several years ago, I used to work at a university, and the department that I ran was partnering up with another department to host a huge event on campus for incoming freshmen. And so at this particular event, this was like summer camp on steroids. This was going to be a concert, games on the lawn, an overnighter at the dorms, just all kinds of activities and festivities, 24 hours nonstop. And right at the get-go, everything was a disaster. We had students who were stranded at the airport. We had students who showed up on a bus with no stuff. And the check-in process was not going smoothly. So you have all this chaos and these two departments that are trying to work together and students here and staff members there. And so I'm in the midst of this, trying my best to just be clear and concise and kind in giving directions so that we can try to salvage this event. And as I'm at one of the check-in tables, the department head from the other department came up to me and asked me why I had been so rude towards one of her staff members. And I told her at that moment, I wasn't really sure what she was talking about. And so she mentioned that one of her staff members had come and told her about something that I had said about this particular staff member and that I was being unprofessional. I was just like, not even sure what to do in that moment. You know, here we had all this chaos going on, and now someone was upset with me about something that I know that I didn't even say. And so the next day, we sort of all got together after the event was over, and we debriefed, and this issue came up. And I was doing my best to explain that perhaps something had been misheard or misconstrued, but that I absolutely didn't say the comment that had been suggested that I said. But you could already tell they were hearing it, but they weren't having it. You know, they had already made up their minds and there was just no way that I could defend myself. And maybe you have found yourself in a similar situation. Maybe you're in that situation right now. And I can tell you there is no other time in my life that I have felt more misunderstood than when I became a single mom. You know, and this can be coming at you from all angles, and sometimes it just seems to continue on, you know. There's this fallout that happens right away when perhaps there's a breakup or a divorce or something happens that causes a rupture. And then, though, it just seems like those shockwaves just continue, you know. Maybe you're dealing with an ex, for example, who continually accuses you of having bad motives. You know, perhaps they're telling you the reasons why you've done certain things, and they've got this story built up about who you are and what you're all about. And 
you know, you may want to set the record straight, but it may seem that every time that you try that you're just digging a hole that's deeper. And sometimes, you know, this fallout then extends to family and friends. You know, sometimes it's people who are hearing the pieces of these stories come out and they're picking sides, you know, and maybe even, you know, hey, actually, some of this is maybe partially true, but there's some context or there's some other pieces that are missing that, you know, if you could just fill in the gaps, perhaps they would understand you. But sometimes these relationships have already been so damaged or they're so far gone that there's really just not an opportunity for you to get in there and to say what needs to be said. And it's really heartbreaking when these things maybe then descend down into our kids, you know, when they hear things and they're repeating things. Or even when people around you, people you hardly even know, seem to already know who you are and what you're about just by the lifestyle that you live. You know, perhaps people in your church or in your neighborhood just all of a sudden start to back away from you. And this is so tough because it's like they're not even saying anything. They're just stepping back and you know that there's something going on there. There's something unsaid, but you're not able to get in there and let people know who you really are and what you're all about. You know, and for a long time, stuff like this used to really get me worked up. You know, I wanted people to know what I really was about. I wanted people to like me and to trust me. And so I spent a lot of time trying to figure out in some of these situations how I could set the record straight, how I could defend myself. But I came to learn that in these types of situations, when it comes to defending yourself, there's really only one thing you can do. You don't. You can't. Because here's the deal, when it comes to people who are committed to mischaracterizing you or misunderstanding you, the fact of the matter is they get something out of it. You know, if this is someone who perhaps is just sharing in the gossip and is passing along things that they've heard about you, they get something out of putting themselves in a higher position of being able to be the one who's sharing all that stuff and putting you in the lower position of not being able to defend yourself. And what's worse, sometimes people are spreading things that they intentionally know are false. They're doing this on purpose. And so when you get stuck in that, when you try to explain the situation, when you try to defend yourself, they see you squirming under something they absolutely know is false. And I know it seems like, does anybody really do that? And it's true. They do. And so in those types of situations, there's nothing you can do to defend yourself. You can't. And the hard part about this is sometimes we still have to interact with people like this. There are times where we can get away. We can't disengage from those relationships. But there are other times where we have to continue to work with this person. And so if you are in that situation, there are three things that I want to suggest for you and how you can deal with a situation where you feel like you just can't defend yourself. The first point is don't try to change their minds. We actually can see that Jesus did this very same thing when he came before Pilate in the court trial just ahead of his crucifixion. When he is standing before Pilate, the religious leaders are making all of these accusations. And in Matthew 27, it says, Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, You have said so. The equivalent of what Jesus is saying in this situation to Pilate is, Think what you want to. Believe what you want to. Pilate is just passing on the gossip, the rumor that he's heard from these religious leaders that Jesus is claiming he's the king of the Jews. 
And in this situation, Jesus isn't even going to get involved with this. Now, we know why he didn't. We know that Jesus knew that he had to go to the cross. But there's also another reason why, another application we can take from this for our own benefit. You know, and I want you to think about the social media accounts you follow, for example. I want you to think of all of the different organizations or people that you like and follow. And I want you to think about how many of them agree with the viewpoints that you already have, or how many of them you are shaping your viewpoints based on their content. And then I want you to think about the percentage of how many you follow that disagree with you or disagree with your values. A majority of the time, a majority of the people that we're following are people that agree with us or that we agree with them. This is called confirmation bias. It's basically we're out there looking for information that validates what we already think. And this is why social media can be so toxic because you have so many people who are all just following the people who agree with them that when they then engage with a person who disagrees with them, you just kind of have this yelling match going on. You're not really going to be able to convince somebody when they're very much trying to find information that validates what they already think. And in this case, Jesus is saying to Pilate, hey, I know what you've heard and you can go ahead and believe it. Jesus is not even going to get into it. And one of the reasons, because Pilate is asserting that Jesus is the king of the Jews. Jesus was the king of heaven. Jesus was a son of God. Jesus knew that he wasn't going to be able to get that across to Pilate. He knew that Pilate was just looking at what he could see from his sphere of influence being this governmental leader in this huge empire. And so he knew from Pilate's mindset, there was no way Pilate as a pagan was going to be able to understand Jesus trying to correct his understanding that he was the son of God. And even further than that, Jesus had spent three years trying to get people to understand the kingdom of heaven. And even his own disciples, the ones who were closest to him, struggled to grasp what Jesus was talking about. And so Jesus knew that Pilate was so far down the track of what he knew and believed about the situation that it wasn't going to be worth trying to explain it to him. But he also knew that Pilate was a pawn. He was ignorant. He was just repeating what had been told to him. And in this instance, Jesus showed all of us that with people who are not committed to understanding you, it's not worth trying to change their minds. From this very same scenario, we can actually see a second way that we might need to address these situations. And it is in the fact that sometimes the best response is no response. As we see this scene playing out between Jesus and Pilate, we then shift gears and see those religious leaders hurling these false accusations at Jesus. And it continues on to say in Matthew 27, but when the leading priests and the elders made their accusations against him, Jesus remained silent. Don't you hear all these charges they are bringing against you, Pilate demanded. But Jesus made no response to any of the charges, much to the governor's surprise. Jesus made no response. And obviously, these accusations were pretty intense if Pilate was standing there saying, man, why don't you defend yourself? So why did Jesus not respond at all? I want you to think about something maybe your child is afraid of that is absolutely not real. You know, there are no monsters in the closet. There are no monsters under the bed. And sometimes we entertain this. You know, sometimes we check under the bed or we have this routine where we look in the toy box or we look in the closet and then send our child off to bed. And sometimes this can be cute for a while, but 
if you have kids and you've tried this, you know that sometimes this actually just makes things worse. Then it's like the monster's not just under the bed, the monster's in the bathroom or the monster's down the hallway. And so sometimes what we really have to do then is pull back and tell our child, you know what? It's not real. It's imaginary. It's not a thing. You don't have to worry about it because it's made up. There's no such thing. And this is the same thing that happens when people are making false accusations at us and we respond. When we respond, it's like checking underneath the bed. It's validating that this is a concern that even needs to be checked into in the first place. But the fact of the matter is, if this person is absolutely saying something that is false, they know it. They know what they're doing. They're not misinformed. They're malignant. And so in this case, you have to let them know that you know the game. You have to make it clear that you're not being fooled, that this is false, that this is not real. This is imaginary, that there's no such thing. And Jesus shows us in this example that the best thing that we can do, the best response is no response. So we kind of see this contrast between Pilate and the religious leaders. We see Pilate as this ignorant character, but we also then see these religious leaders as these malignant characters, you know? And so a lot of times this misinformation that's being spread about us comes from one of these two angles. And sometimes if we have the ability, one of the best things to do is go no contact. Maybe you've heard that before and not continue on a relationship with that person or not continue any interactions with that person. They've kind of already revealed their hand to you as far as what they think about you. So there's really no reason to try to convince that person to stay in a relationship with you. It's not going to be safe for you and you're not going to be able to trust them. But the fact of the matter is sometimes we still have to engage with a person who is in one of these two categories. You know, we have to sometimes plan drop-offs and pickups when it comes to our kids, or we have to have family gatherings and functions with people who have already demonstrated that they don't have any interest in speaking the truth about us or speaking kindly about us. And so when it comes to that situation, Maybe you're finding you're getting inundated even in the middle of trying to work out something logistical. Sometimes the best thing you can do in that situation is realize that you can't correct, but you can calmly redirect. The Bible actually tells us that some people are not going to be worth correcting. If we look at Proverbs 9, 8, it says, don't bother correcting mockers. They will only hate you. So it is saying here, don't bother trying to get your point across or to get someone to be reasonable with you who's committed to being unreasonable. But instead, Proverbs 25, 15 says, a gentle tongue can break a bone. We don't often think of gentleness and strength going together, but that's what this verse is telling us, that being gentle in our speech actually demonstrates great strength. And you know that that means a lot of restraint a lot of discerning what should be said and what should not be said. We just saw this with Jesus in this situation where he is on trial and that he was gentle in his speech or he even chose not to speak, but that that gentleness, that calm, that discernment had such a powerful effect 
that Pilate was surprised. In other translations, it says, to the amazement of the governor, that being able to withstand these attacks and being able to stand in that strength is something that is absolutely awe-inspiring. And that can be hard in these conversations, but it is possible. You know, I want you to think about, for example, like my kids love to play Mario Kart. I don't know if you've ever played this game. I actually used to play it way back in the like original Super Nintendo days. But in this game, you have these characters, you know, and you're throwing things out of your go-kart to try to knock the other cars off the road. You know, so when my kids are playing, they're like throwing banana peels at each other and chucking shells out the back of the car and those types of things. And that's really what's happening in these conversations. This person is just trying to divert you and throw you off track. And if you're a really skilled driver, though, in this game, you have the ability to maneuver around these obstacles. And it's the same thing in these conversations. At the beginning, you might not feel so skilled. But as you gain confidence and as you are able to grow in your ability to stay calm in these situations, that strength gives you the ability to be grounded enough to just maneuver around these roadblocks, take that detour to gently redirect things back on course. You know, so if they're throwing out an insult or they're throwing out a barb or they're throwing out some kind of threat, something to try to throw you off track, you have the ability to gently say, you know what, I think we actually disagree about that. But I see where you're coming from and continue on with what the point of the conversation was. Or to be able to say, perhaps, you know, I'd really like to stay focused on the pickup time. What time will you be coming? And just continue on with the conversation, just completely maneuvering around those roadblocks. So in those instances where it is not worthwhile to correct someone, you still have the ability to calmly redirect. When you're in a situation where You just don't have the ability to defend yourself. You can know that there's actually much to be gained if you don't. You know that you don't have to try to change their minds. That sometimes the best response is no response. And that where you don't want to try to correct someone, you still have the ability to stand in that strength to calmly redirect the situation. And fortunately or unfortunately, When it comes to these types of situations, oftentimes you're going to have more chances to practice, you know, as much as we maybe wish that we didn't have to go through these kinds of things, we do. And so if you haven't gotten it right in the past or you don't know what you want to do in the future, there are ways that we can prep for these types of scenarios so that we're not stuck underneath the emotions, but we can be strategic. Have you ever looked around at your life and thought, is this really all there is? Plus One Parents' new Bible study is now available. It's called Made for More, Life Beyond Hurt, Loss, and Heartbreak. Made for More is your personal guide through six biblical stories that address where is God in rejection, betrayal, loss, and abuse? Does God care about your fear and sadness and anxiety and frustration? And what can God do to take back every last piece of your story, even the mistakes? When it comes to being strategic, there's one action step that you can consider in how to move into that next level. And it is to go tell your father. (laughs) You know, when I was a kid and my brother and I were picking on each other, you know, there was always that out of, I'm going to go tell my dad. And a lot of times what happens in these situations where we're having this verbal onslaught come at us, we want that person to hear us out. 
But God has already told us that we can go to him and that he is going to hear us out. He is our defender and he is the only one that we need to be right by. And so if you're faced with someone who is absolutely committed to misunderstanding you, it's no benefit to you to try to get that person to see your side, but you do have an outlet with God. He's in these really messy things with us. And as our defender, he is not only fighting for us, but he teaches us how to hide under his covering as he is our shield. You know, so I want you to think about, you know, God going before you where he is big and mighty and has this big shield and it's your job to stay behind it. You know, when we're trying to, you know, launch our own attack and throw our own darts and those kinds of things, we are outside of God's covering and that's a dangerous spot for us. So when we know how to come to God and stay behind what he says, what wisdom his word gives us and what he will tell us to do or not do, then we're staying behind that covering as he defends us. And as you continue to go to that place and you know just how much the Lord loves you and cares for you, then the need for someone else to understand your side starts to dissipate. It becomes far less important then because you know that you matter and you know that you have a place where you belong and it's okay if someone else doesn't see that. You know that the reason that they're doing that is because they don't have peace. As we said before, they're getting something out of mischaracterizing you. And so if that's the way it's going to be, you can just remove yourself from that situation and know that your father loves and adores you. And staying under that covering means then that we also align ourselves with people that we don't have to explain ourselves to. You know, it means that we find wise people in our lives that we can bounce some of these things off of, you know, that we can share what we're going through. And I'll say the difference between a productive conversation and gossip is problem solving. You know, if you are going to someone in your life, maybe a mentor, someone who just has a, a good perspective on these things, and you're sharing with them what you're going through, and the whole conversation is focused on how can I deal with this situation next time? How can I learn from this experience so that I'm not being inundated in the future? Then what you're doing is taking that information and you're deciding what is the wise and godly course of action. If that piece is missing, if we're just talking about the situation and going around and around and around about this person, that's gossip. And so the whole point is we're not staying fixated on that person. We're not launching an attack again from behind the shield, so to speak. We are trying to stay lined up with where God would have us to be and allow him to deal with that other person. So wherever this is coming from in your life right now, these are things that we have to deal with all through our lives. And while it can be tempting to want to defend ourselves, we don't have to. And we can know that sometimes... Words are actually weakness, but silence can be strength. Thanks for being with me for this episode today. For more resources for single moms and abuse survivors, join us at plusoneparents.org. You can also catch us on Facebook or Instagram at plusone.parents. Until next time, remember you are seen and you are beloved.